0: Welcome to the Top 5 Podcast with your hosts, Rail Bricker and Lindsay Adams.
1: And welcome back. Our special guest today is Nicole Baldenou. Nicole is based in Sydney, Australia. She's the co-founder and COO of Webinar Ninja, an independent SaaS company that has served over a million webinar attendees and hosts. She's also co-founder and producer of the $100 MBA show, a best of iTunes podcast with 3 million monthly downloads. Well done, Nicole. Uh, She's also the co-host of Nicole and Kate Can Relate podcast. Like her business uh, partner and co-founder, Omar Zenhom, Nicole was an educator who decided to apply a teacher's skill set to independent business building. Now she helps other aspiring entrepreneurs turn their goals into reality. Welcome, Nicole.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: this is really exciting. So today we're here to talk about the top five tips to reinvent yourself and take your life and business to the next level. So Nicole, tip number one, what do you got for us?
2: Sure. I mean, just as we were talking in the pre-chat, I feel like I don't have a conventional uh, path into business. I know Raoul, we're talking about uh, an MBA and I certainly don't have an MBA and I got my business chops, um, you know, doing, learning by doing. And so the first tip is um, and I learned the ver- I learned what an MVP is before I actually knew what the uh, term meant in business. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my first tip is to get a taste of or you know access some sort of version, a minimal viable version of what it is that you're after uh, before investing too much time and money to just validate that assumption um, or to test an assumption. So when I left teaching, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I decided to try out a film course and I decided to do a a weekend film course, just spend two days to think like, is this something that I could potentially spend more time in? Um, And that's, you know, I did that two days, I did another four week course. And then as soon as I was done with, you know, learning very, very basic um, principles, I started applying what I learned right away.
0: So okay, but, and so what happened from there on in? I mean you're an entrepreneur, but my my question is, you know, did you feel confident after, you know, you know, there, there are lots of people who have been to film school and spent years doing it. But did you just have that own self-confidence in yourself to go, yeah, I can do this?
2: I Had very little confidence, um <laughs> but <clears throat> what I what I did was I um I worked for free. I did one gig literally over a month um, in the summer heat of New York, um, just to prove that I could make a small film, a short documentary film. And with that proof, that was like a mini kind of a mini kind of win for me to say, okay, well, I did that. I could do something similar. And I had at least that to showcase. Um, and then, you know, I, I set my expectations, so I'm not going to be charging hundreds and hundreds of dollars. My first, um, project was only $500 and they were bossing me around. It was these guys of quantum physics, um, firm in New York and they were, you know, bossing me around and I was like, okay, that's fine. I'll accept that. You know, I'll take, you know, because I'm really learning, And, um, I just had a learner's mindset and, um, and, you know, my confidence came from just looking back at one win. And, and I think that's how I approach, you know, anything that I try and, 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 you know, try out in the world is like, what have I done before that can tell me, okay, I can do, I can do this thing and I can get better at it.
0: that's a fantastic approach to, to doing things. And, and, and so hit us with tip number two, which kind of follows from that.
2: Yeah. The, the, the second tip is to change your environment. I mean, to leave a 12 year career in teaching, I had to, and to try something completely different because I knew I wanted to leave teaching. I had to really forcibly kind of change my environment in a very drastic way. And, you know, you might not have to move to another city. I was in Dubai when I left teaching I moved to New York to go to film school. But that drastic change of environment and surrounding myself with completely different people allowed me to see a new opportunity, a new world that I had never been exposed to before. Um, so that is my, yeah, tip number two.
1: <laughs> it's interesting about surrounding yourself with the with uh, the right people, isn't it? Um, I think there's a lot to be gained by finding the, you know, the correct, oh, the best people to hang out with someone who's going to pull you forward, someone who's with you, someone who maybe you can help pull forward yourself.
2: Yeah, exactly. I I never want to be, I'm, I'm happy to always, you know, be the person who doesn't, who knows the least in the room, never want to be the smartest person in the room. We all say that, but I genuinely uh, believe that because that's the only way you're going to learn and grow.
1: Absolutely. Okay. Tip number three what have you got?
2: Um, well, through my experience, it's I've learned that I'm very, very passionate about just in time learning. So learning just what you need, enough of what you need to know t- to put it into practice and then you know, just to get you started. And then eventually, okay, you realize, well, my, my skill set has limitations and then I can begin to outsource and I can delegate. But I think in what I've learned in my journey is like, I need to kind of know at least some, I'll give an example when we uh, produced the 100 dollar MBA show i actually hadn't learned how to um edit audio i didn't know how to do audio editing i'd only learned a bit of film editing and i thought well okay how about i just learn some audio editing skills i'm sure it'll transfer over and um and you know and so i did and started you know editing the first 300 episodes of the show before we gave it over to a professional editor who's made it sound a whole lot better um, <laughs> since then <laughs> Um, so thanks to Carl, our editor. But um, you know, for me, it's just that I that belief that you can pretty much learn most things, and you can learn enough to get started. Um, and that's kind of contrary to the world of teaching that I came from. You know, studying for five years to get an education, an education degree, and a master's, um, and that's kind of where teachers default to. You've got to spend a lot of time learning something before you can put it into practice. But through this journey that I've been on in the second kind of act in my life, I've realised that you can learn things pretty quickly um, and there's a kind of a shortcut, fast track to get to it. So
1: what do you think of the concept then about, you know, the old one, um, do what you do best and pay someone else to do the rest? Uh, um, You know, so I guess on the one hand you're saying, oh, yeah, I learned enough to get by, but Mm -hmm. is it, you know, does does that rule apply or is it still just, you know, you need to learn and, and just get by occasionally?
2: I feel that, um, that is that kind of like playing to your strengths versus, you know, shoring up rather than shoring up your weaknesses, similar sort of idea. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like in my journey, I've always wanted to kind of at least before delegating, I have felt like I need to know what it is that, um, this task, this, this skill set is um looks like like i need to have a sense of it um and you know and and that's difficult you know in a software company when you're not a technical co-founder you can't actually code you can't develop but there are ways around that and i've just felt you know and that will come to my fourth uh my fourth tip and not to give it away is to just accept the fact that i might not know everything but i if i sit in the discomfort i can at least ask questions um and and be comfortable with you know asking questions to you know to get the information that i need
0: well i mean in my financial services group i've always trained my staff over the last 22 years that you don't have to be an expert and know every answer you have to know a lot about the topic but it's okay to turn around to somebody sitting in front of you and saying i don't know what the current interest rate is or -hmm. whatever or what that bank's policy is today but I know where to find the information, and I'll come back to you tomorrow. Right. And so it's about admitting what you don't know, but knowing where to find it. And I think that was that that was kind of the key to my team's success. Is that they were happy to say, "I don't know, but I'll come back to you with it."
2: Yeah. It took me a long time to be comfortable with being in that position. You know, in the beginning, you don't want to look like, "Oh, I don't. I should know this by now." You know, that sort of, especially when you're dealing with engineers or or you know different. Completely different skill set, um, but I think also to add to that rail to ask the right questions. And you start the more questions you ask, you start figuring out. Okay, these are better questions to ask um, in in future moving forward.
0: I mean, yeah. you you've termed your fourth to accept the discomfort.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, is it is it
0: a, a modern concept that people aren't comfortable being uncomfortable?
2: Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I think. I mean, if you, I try and stay away from social media, but I definitely feel like the messaging out there is that we, you know, that discomfort is unacceptable (laughs) and it's, you know, and and trying to get out of, you know, that discomfort. I think in my journey, when, you know, when I left teaching and I realized, oh gosh, okay, I don't have a steady paycheck. I don't, you know, I'm not getting that, that steady income. Um, you know, I had many people tell me to, you know, take on a side uh, part time job while I was trying to make this thing happen with Omar and we were trying to build our businesses. Um, but something I learned along the way was that, you know, part time efforts give you part time results. And I knew that okay, my, you know, my bank account's taken a hit, my lifestyle's taken a hit. It's a very different lifestyle when you're getting a steady paycheck as a teacher versus when you're not having that steady income from, you know, clients that aren't paying their invoices or late with their invoices and all of that. But I just, um, I think from there, I just realized, well, you know, I have to just sit in this discomfort. And I guess that's, you know, um, part of the journey that I've accepted.
1: So what do you do about that though? I mean, uh, a lot of people get down in the pit, they sit in the discomfort and they spiral down and spiral down and spiral down and then blah. What, how, do you, um, how do you move through that?
2: I always go back to, I think one of the other things that entrepreneurs do is we're always looking forward, right? We're getting, we want that next, you know, accomplishment. We're, we're looking ahead and we have to, right? Runway, all of these things. Um, and I come back to what are the wins? What are the previous things that I've been able to achieve? I, you know, I write them down. I've got a page in my, you know, one of my diaries, one one of my journals that outlines all the things that I feel like I've been an accomplishment and a success. And I'm reminded of that, you know, another thing that Omar always says is, and we talk about in the startup world, is it's easy to have a startup, but it's hard to have a stay up. So, (laughs) you know, as much as we're in that struggle, we're cool. still around. Yeah. <laughs> We're still around after eight years. Um, building, growing, pushing through it with our vision. Um and yeah, that's
1: <laughs> well done. All right. Well, round us off. Um, take us down to the home straight tip number five.
2: Tip number five, I think it's the the biggest tip is that consistency and commitment. And I've and again coming back to that, you know that friend that told me to go and get a part-time job while, you know, I was, you know, trying to make this thing happen. I just went back to, I have to commit in order to see this thing through. And then over the years, you know, we've seen it with, you know, for example, the $100 MBA show podcast, you know, we've outlasted many other podcasts that have started at, you know, in that same year that just stopped publishing. Um, And it's been a huge lesson to, you know. To just play that, have that long-term vision, that long-play mentality, especially kind of contrary in the, in the in the startup world in the SaaS space where it's really fast, fast growth and and all of that. Just to have that long-term play, and you only get that when you are committed to consistency and and staying committed to your goals.
0: I mean, I'm I'm impressed. Two thousand one hundred and eighty-eight episodes, according to the website.
2: Yes, that's correct. <laughs> You know, Monday we, to Friday, Rail.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, we we started out with two episodes a week on our first series, and we were struggling to keep up with that. And now we've gone to one. Um yeah, I'm I'm impressed that you can do five episodes a week. That's just um enormous.
2: Thank you. We were seven actually at the start. So I, you know, <laughs> to paint the truth there, we also we also scaled back a little bit as well.
0: Okay, um, I mean on that, and, and can I can I just touch on the webinar ninja because I, I mean uh, having used webinar ninja and and obviously friends who run programs through it or or you know continuous webinars and you know pseudo well, I call them pseudo live, I mean is that and and I say that because people have you know they record once and then they play it every three hours or whatever mm-hmm. it is and then they have live comments is is the way I've seen it. And maybe that's completely um not what your your intended model is,
2: so when you say pseudo live, do you mean it's uh because there are recorded and automated webinars yes, recorded
0: are- and automated yeah okay. and then, and, then- and with live chat though.
2: That's a well in our in our case with the the different offerings uh, we call that a hybrid webinar. A hybrid so again, you're not masking the fact that it's a recorded uh, video, uh, but you are actually physically live in the chat and in the questions. But it's not a pretend or fake live. No, no, no I wasn't saying that. Oh, Sorry. I, no, I'm and, into, and that's I'm not, into... not on you. No, 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 not on you because we get that question all the time. I okay. want to fake a live webinar. sorry you can't do that with our software (laughs) we don't subscribe to that model
0: i mean is is that and and i've seen guys who are doing it very successfully and with that hybrid model because it then accounts for time zones all the way around the world what's the other benefits of using that
2: well a hybrid model is really great for um recorded content that or, or content that you that you'd have to repeat anyway. Um, say you're doing a software demo or some a demo of a product or an offering. Um, that kind of content is repeated a lot of the times. And so if the if that portion of the content is, oh, I'll give you another really great example. We have um so two sisters, the Merrymaker sisters, they're quite well known here in Australia. They teach yoga and Pilates and they have these live um, and they'll do a live workshop where they're engaging new members to sell them on their program. Uh, but they'll run them through a class. And rather than running through the live, running through the class live, they'll actually insert a pre-recorded um, you know, video during that live session. So that's during a live uh, session, you can insert a pre-recorded session. So that, you know, um, that content that would be repeated anyway, you can just run it through. So this, and and that's done, they've done really, really well with that model. And then they just come back, um, you know, live and answer questions and and all of that.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just efficiency, you know, that's what Mm -hmm. it is.
2: Yeah. Yeah. 100%.
1: Cool. Okay. Well, one of my jobs on this podcast is to keep us to time, keep us efficient, and we are out of time. So, Nicole, should our listeners want to get in touch with you? What's the best way for them to do that?
2: Sure. I mean, if they're interested in webinars, they can head over to uh, If They're looking for more good podcasts like this one here. Um, you know, the $100 MBA show is always there. Um, and you can find me on uh, LinkedIn. I'm happy to chat to people and see how, you know, they've got any feedback on our episode.
0: Thank you, Nicole, and thank you to Lindsay Adams, my co-host. This is Rail Bricker, signing off for another edition of the Top 5 Podcast.